Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerdeman here as always with Tom or Tom. How's it going? Tony, you know, we're all about breaking down the fourth wall here on this podcast. So I feel like we need to disclose right up front, not just because the first question is going to be another weird time travel-y thing potentially, but we're recording this Tuesday right after our Tuesday podcast. So it's possible we're going to be talking about something in the future that has already happened in the past where you are. We have bent the time-space continuum just for you, dear listener. This is this is what we do for you. Seems like we deserve a five-star rating, if you ask me. That's just that's just my that's just my opinion on the matter. I mean, if other podcasts are betting the space-time continuum for you, that's fine. But I mean, I'm not aware of any. Well, and if they are, I'm sure they've given them five-star reviews. So if you're giving other podcasts bending the space-time continuum a five-star review, what about us? <laughs> like, come on. They will have given us a five-star review by the time they hear this is my understanding of this situation, but I didn't do that well in physics, so I might not. Did you right do well that. in hypnosis? Uh, I don't know. Are you getting sleepy? Yes, but as you know, it is, why, <laughs> it is between 1 to 3 p.m. Previously established nap time, so. Mm-hmm. Might just be a coincidence. All right, so we'll start with the, uh, we'll start with the troublemakers at Sloopcast. Uh, who commits next for the 2022 or and or 2023 class? My my answer is uh, Chris McClellan, defensive tackle from Owasso, Oklahoma, same program that produced Josh Proctor, same town. I, I mean that he he certainly seems imminent as of the time we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. I had Alex uh, Gleitman on the morning scoop on Tuesday, and he was concerned that it might happen before the morning scoop posted on Tuesday morning. So now I'm definitely concerned it's going to happen before. The, uh, this episode of Buckeye Weekly posts on Thursday, but that's okay. We will, uh, you know, you will have to take us scout, scouts on, or he hasn't committed yet as of the time I'm saying these words, unless it has happened in the last five minutes uh, when I haven't checked Twitter. Uh, I will go scouts on, or he has not committed yet. Quinn Ewers. Yeah, I, I went further back in time, Tom, than you mm. did. So mm. can, uh, when you come back from that far back, you, can, mm. you might eat sometimes not feel well you got to readjust <laughs> your body after going through all of that but no i will agree with you with uh, chris mcclellan and i will raise you on the 2023 class and say aj harris cornerback out of alabama who has moved lived around the south so he's not necessarily an alabama kid but was on campus a couple weeks ago camping and pretty much blown away by everything. So I don't know if he's ready to lock things down, but Ohio State's still looking for their first 2023 commit as of this recording. And I know in the past, I've already, I've sided with Joshua Padilla. Uh, He made me look bad when you went with Caleb Brown on our previously uh, future traveling. And so Padilla, you're gone. Like I've, I've rescinded the scholarship. I rescinded any predictions. And now I'm going to go with the, the five-star corner. AJ Harris. All right, I will. Uh, I will on 2023. Just because I like to beat you, I'll go. We'll go with uh, Carnell Tate, the uh, 2023 wide receiver out of IMG Academy. But he's, you know, as is always the case with IMG Academy, you say he's from IMG Academy, but really he's from Chicago, Illinois. He was someone we saw last week. He was at uh, the same camp as Brandon Innes last Tuesday. Very impressive. Brandon is the number one wide receiver in the in the country, and Carnell Tate looked right there with him. He's ranked as the number six wide receiver in the nation, but. Uh, yeah, six six two one eighty five, good speed, good hands. Like, yep, I think uh, 
I think I would go with go with him as uh, as my pick. Uh, and I will uh, go one better from you uh, than Quinn Ewers. Uh, I'm going to go all the way back to Chick Harley. No. Chick Harley is going to pick, commit. And so now that I've gotten that in, I've got to go warn uh, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand about something bad that's about to happen. So, uh, well, let's finish the rest of the show and then I'll go. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Like, what, what's the worst that could possibly happen? It's just one guy. I'm going to go uh, 1922 uh, Furl Mangus. <laughs> yes, the legend, Furl Mangus. <laughs> Uh, next one from at Van Gogh underscore zero. Will OSU publicize how much their top NIL players earn to entice future recruits to attend? If so, which players will earn the most this upcoming year and how much? You know, this is interesting because Ohio State, when they don't want to tell you something, is very keen to tell you that, oh, we can't release that. That's private. That's privacy information. And it was it was last year. It was like, we can't tell you how many players are have tested positive because that's private information, which, of course, was complete nonsense because lots of schools did that. And there was no personally identifying information attached with that. But when they don't want to tell you that, they basically say, well, this is we're, we can't do it. It's privacy. So, I mean, considering how people typically t- treat, uh, you know, private contracts between a, uh, a company and an individual as private information, theoretically, they shouldn't do that. Now, will that will that be how they handle it? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I would I would imagine that information may be made available, at least internally to recruits. Um. You know, as far as which, I mean, you you have thoughts on that? Well, I would agree that the way I see it happening is I could see them releasing information in a tweet or Instagram of how, like the total amount, rather than just individual players, because I don't know if that that gets into the the privacy aspect. And so if they're going to try to be private about individuals, then, uh, but they also want to advertise, like, look at, everything that these guys have as total like they've done with nfl contracts although they can do that individually because that information is out there so i think they will advertise the total number unless it's bad then you're not going to but i i also think i would be pretty surprised if internally when recruits are in visiting like they will be able to see this is how much garrett wilson made this is what cj stroud has deals for and just as an example i don't know that they would see like the total numbers or whatever just like for example this is something he has signed this is something they have signed so i think there will be some of that information but i for sure expect some type of number to be advertised because that's just that's how the recruiting game works now yeah i mean ohio state recently put out a graphic about justin field signing his uh nfl contract and uh was extremely subtle with it and literally had justin field standing on an enormous pile of dollar bills so uh, yes, they're not they're not shy about it when they want to let you know about something um, as far as which players will earn the most this upcoming year. I mean, I I think you get a decent chance for it to be someone like Chris Olave and Chris Olave is long established, like very popular, has a fantastic reputation, both in and out of the program, you know, very, very popular figure among fans, long track record just came back has the kind of Mike Doss sheen on him where he could have very easily gone and and been a nice high NFL draft pick and came back for another year to try and win the national championship. You know, he seems like he's going to be right at the top of that pile. I mean, you mentioned Garrett Wilson. He's someone who's probably up there who, you know, CJ Stroud, if Travion Henderson is a starter, he probably jumps up that list. Jack Sawyer's probably pretty high on that list. I mean, just as, as you know, the, the guys who are, you know, the guys who you see put their names put in podcast titles or episode titles for podcasts 
because they're the kinds of people that people want to hear about and want to learn about and want to see watch about like those are the people that are going to have pretty good uh, pretty good deals i would suspect I think you you may with someone like Alave get a little bit of a head start because he has such an established brand in the market, as opposed to you know, C.J. Stroud. There you know might might not be the quarterback this year, so maybe maybe he's a little bit of a you know a little bit of a slow starter. Travion Henderson isn't the starting running back yet. Jack Sawyer isn't the starting defensive end yet. I mean all that kind of stuff. J.T. Tuomaloau certainly uh, you know <laughs> that would that would be a name that uh, has a lot of cachet around Columbus right now and has has drawn a lot of attention around Columbus right now and. Uh, People do like to click on podcasts with JT Tuomalao's name in the title. So, you know, that he, he would be someone who, who would be someone like that. But again, I think, I think you're, it's going to be the, the established guys more so than the, uh, you know, than the, uh, the newer, the newer guys with the, uh, you know, that the new car smell. Well, Tom, I'm going to ask you a question that allows us then to have a title for this podcast. How much money could Jalen, uh, JT Tuomalao make this year from name image and likeness you know it's an interesting question he he is someone who with his you know with his name with his cachet with with the amount of attention he's gotten this summer you would think he would have a lot he isn't very active on social media so you know justin fields last year would have made a ton of money because he was extremely active on social media had a huge social media following you kind of have to build that up because that's that's a lot of the sources of your information of your a lot of the source of your income is stuff like sponsored posts. You know, you're going to have, you, you are going to have a, a bunch of other stuff like, you know, I mean, we, everyone talks about the car dealership commercial and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, go be the host of a uh, party at an apartment complex, go be the host of, or, you know, go, go be, you get, you go, you're, you go get sponsored to go live at this apartment complex and, you know, you're hosting the, uh, or, you know, or you're hosting a Friday night at the club or whatever. Like, I mean, there's a bunch of that kind of stuff that I think people don't necessarily think about because it's not just, hi, I'm CJ Stroud for fill in the blank car dealership. When I want to drive a fill in the blank type of car, I come to fill in the blank car dealership. Like the, everyone, that's just what everyone jumps to. There are so many different ways for this to, for this to kind of manifest itself. Um, on the last show, I mentioned like sports cards, that kind of stuff. Like, you're going to have sports cards. You're going to ultimately have NCAA video game kind of stuff. I mean, there's, there's a million different streams of revenue here. Um, and, you know, yes, sometimes it is going to be, hi, I'm Cade Stover for fill in the blank type of combines. Like you're probably going to have stuff like that too, where it's guys who go back to their, their communities and, you know, Cade Stover's families are farmers. So they're going to, he's going to do a card a sponsorship with the local uh, John Deere dealer or whatever. I mean, that, like you're going to have a bunch of that local stuff, but there's also just the big city kind of stuff, event host, uh, you know, um, you know, influencer type stuff that, that, you know, you see, you see on social media all the time. And I mean, it could just be one hour of an autograph guy brings over 500 photos and to like a player's apartment. And spends an hour and then here's five grand. I mean, it's it, you, they won't have to do a lot and they can do very simple things. Uh, JTT, I'm looking at 13.7 thousand followers on his Instagram, but only nine posts. So he would have to do his a different way, as I've suggested before. And we're recording on Tuesday. We don't know if he has announced his commitment yet, but he should do it on TV with whatever he is spon- 
you know, with whatever he's going to advertise right next to him, right in front of him and make it cool, you know, like $125,000 before he ever steps foot on campus. And that way, Tom, you can get a nice apartment. There you go. Buck Wrestler 141 was the one who mentioned that on our board uh, several weeks ago. Don't recall. So, there you go. No, don't recall. No, no. Okay. Uh, at J underscore R underscore K three. Is there a player or two who would surprise you to have a breakout season that isn't named Demario McCall? Tom, would you like, I would be surprised if say uh, Marcus Crowley leads the team in Russia, something like that, where we know he's capable, but mm-hmm. there are other guys in front of him. For me, it's not somebody who's, like I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Proctor is an All American or an All Big Ten. It, it's the it's the rise up of somebody that I did not see that coming. And I, I think there's even though there's a bunch of questions like I where are the where are the surprises in this? I won't be surprised if Seven Banks is the first rounder. Would you be surprised if Jordan Hancock or J.K. Johnson wins a job? A little, but it's a possibility. I mean. I like. I guess that would be the one for me. Or if uh, if Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave don't lead the team in receptions, that yeah, that surprised me. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of wondering. Like you know, like Julian Fleming. Like I think Julian Fleming ultimately is going to be a really, really, really solid player. But I don't know that he's going to be with Olave, Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and all the other guys behind those guys in the receiver room. I don't know if you know, any, you know, like a, like a Julian Fleming type guy is going to be able to have a, you know, get enough catches to have a breakout type season. I think he's going to have a better season. And I think, you know, a year from now he could have a true breakout season. I just, you know, much like the running backs, it's not that the ability isn't there. It's just that the opportunity isn't necessarily there at least this year, because you're right. I mean, I don't, outside of Travion Henderson, I don't know that I would expect any running back to have a true breakout season just because you know, I mean, maybe Mayan Williams, yeah, maybe, like, but you know, you've got you've got so many talented guys in that room. Like Master Teague is going to get some of the carries. Mayan Williams is going to get some of the carries. Travion Henderson is going to get some of the carries. I mean, you also got Marcus Crowley. You also got Steel Chambers. You also got Evan Pryor. I mean, like, there's just there's there's ultimately not enough footballs to go around for you know one of those guys to put up 1,800 yards this year. What's a breakout for Mayan Williams coming from 63 yards or 62 yards as a true freshman? Is 400 yards a breakout? Is five, six, seven hundred yards? I think, um, I, I guess I would probably have to go over 600 yards, something like that. I, I mean, to a real, I mean, I think I'm sort of assuming he's going to have 500, 600 right. yards. So to so me, that like, isn't really a breakout. Right. I mean, like a surprise breakout would be like a thousand yards for him. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe he's at a thousand, maybe he's at 1200, but I just, that, that would be a surprise to me. I mean, like, if you're if you're naming, you know, the, the question was surprise you to have a breakout season. Well, you know, I don't I don't think that if I'm expecting him to have 500, 600 not yards, that's not a surprise. So, yeah, I, I mean, if if one of the running backs. Puts up 1200, 1500 yards like that would surprise me. I just I think the carries are going to get split enough different ways that you're not going to have that one guy who gets the, the big numbers. Would it surprise you, Tom? Because I think. Would it surprise you if Master Teague leads the team in rushing? It would not shock me if he led the team in rushing, but I think him leading the team in rushing means that there's four guys with between 500 and 650 yards or something like that, you know, that that I don't think Master Teague is going to put up 1,200 yards. I don't know that anyone's going to put up mm-hmm. 1,200 yards this year. 
it, it wouldn't shock me if Master Teague put up, you know, 600, 700 yards, something like this, and l- led the team with something like that this year because he had 725 and Mayan Williams had 600 and Travion Henderson had 550 and uh, uh, Marcus Crowley had 350 and Evan Pryor had 150. I mean, like the, you have, you have some, you know, steel chambers had 250, whatever, whatever order you want to put them in there. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the scenario where I think it's, it's realistic. I think it's reasonable, but that's kind of the scenario where I see uh, uh, Master Teague potentially leading the team in rushing. Because I, I guess I would see maybe Master Teague as always a, a number one or number two where everybody else maybe fluctuates a little bit. And so maybe that makes him more likely to lead the team. But I, I would be mildly surprised if he does lead the team. Tom, is that, can you go so far as to say you would be mildly surprised if Master Teague leads the team in rushing? And if so, is that because we're just expecting more from everybody or we're not as confident that he can do Because for me, I'm going to, I know I'm asking you questions and then going ahead and answering them. <laughs> I guess maybe I, I, I just, is it, anno- is it annoying? Yeah. Is it annoying when you do that? Yes. Sorry. Go on. Thank you. I, I need to see more than we saw last year and it, the average yard per carry was not good enough last year. So if he's averaging like the 4.9, 4.8 yards per carry that he did last year, that's not good enough. He won't lead the team in rushing. Right. And, and that's, that's probably right. I, I, it wouldn't shock me if he led the team in rushing. I would, I mean, I guess I might be mildly surprised just because I think either Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson ultimately ends up, you know, being a little bit more of a big play guy. And therefore you pile up some more big, big, you know, big yardage plays and end up ahead of him. So I guess I would be mildly surprised, but not, I mean, f- far from shocked for sure. Um, next one from at Dom Smith underscore news, our good buddy, Dominique Smith. Uh, does Wendy's provide a nutritional value-based breakfast or are the commercials wrong? Tony, do you have an opinion on Wendy's breakfast? I, re- I really feel like I'm, I'm unprepared for this question. Wendy's breakfast is pretty good. And is it, is it value-based if you use the app? Because there'll be times you can get entire sand- sandwiches for free. If you use the app, uh, you can get, uh, you just drive by, they have things on the window, say two for four sandwiches. Your sandwiches are fine. The The best one though is the breakfast baconator, which is, you know, your bun and an egg and a sausage and bacon and like some Swiss uh, cheese sauce. And it's like, you know, 750 calories. It's a, what, what everybody growing boy needs in the morning. It's, it's pretty good. They have some sausage burritos that are fine, a little bit more expensive than than you get at other places and cheaper than you get at other places. So is it value-based? I mean, you know, is anything at Wendy's value-based, Tom? Um, I, I guess is, is a square hamburger of value. I don't know. It, it, I, 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 I guess I, I'm, you, you've kind of got me slightly intrigued, I guess, at this, at this whole try, thing. Try the breakfast baconator. Okay. Is it just, it's literally just a hamburger with eggs on it? Is that what I'm understanding? It's a sausage patty. Oh, a sausage with, patty. Okay. With, with a, okay. The sauce. And I have to fix my speaker while you talk. Okay. Well, that's, uh, it sounds, it sounds intriguing. I will, uh, I will have to give that a shot at some point. I, again, I, I did not read these questions in advance, so I had not properly prepared myself with a 750, a nice light 750 calorie breakfast sandwich this morning. That's, 
That is on me. I apologize. Don't uh, forget Andy one. washed it down with the butt heavy. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's part of the value menu at Wendy's. Pretty sure. Again, I haven't been there, but I'm, last time I checked, I don't believe that was on the menu. Uh, next one from at Bucci Zero. What would it take for Ohio State to join the SEC? How else will we get favorable coverage from ESCCPN unless we become a media partner? Tony, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's probably something that's going to happen at any time in the near future. Uh, I feel like that's not necessarily the basis upon which the uh, decision makers are making these types of decisions. So uh, what if, what if like say Chris Holtman goes to the NBA and the Buckeyes hire Will Wade, that's a good step mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you know, you, you bring in, you bring in that aspect of it. You bring in the FBI of it. I think that's also good. And you, you just, you gradually ingratiate yourself to the SEC and by, I don't know, like 2026, like, I think they would common law uh, SEC by that point. I mean, 2028, 2028 or so, you're common law uh, members of the SEC. And uh, now you are entitled to one fifteenth of uh, the SEC's TV deals. They would have to make uh, Will Wade a pretty strong um, butt offer to uh to get him is my that is my understanding is that is the type of offer that uh will wade prefers so true i, I heard i heard that on a wiretap somewhere yeah that's uh yeah I, I, my my guess is that probably doesn't happen but um you know i mean it's it's that would be it would certainly be interesting be, be at least be some different uh different trips to take during football season i'd be i'd be open to that a lot of driving a lot of driving <laughs> <laughs> we have driven down to louisiana before we can do it again uh at, e, at eps 524 and boy you've got to you've got to be on the ask the insiders board to understand the context of this one what is your and tom's greatest elevator story i have two so you want me to go i'll go with one and then you can uh sure did they have elevators where you grew up i feel like the answer is no so great elevators there you go all right so uh my first one i was at my buddy tim's wedding out in phoenix and we we're just in a hotel in downtown phoenix going you know about to go down the elevator to go uh go to the wedding and my, it's just my wife and me and my friend Hutch, and uh, it, we're standing in the elevator, and the guy walks in with us, or you know, it stops on the floor, and the guy walks in. I'm looking at him, I'm like, who is that? Why, why, where do I know this guy from? And it, you know, you're only in the elevator for like 15 seconds, so you're just kind of, I'm like, trying to like side eye him and not be super obvious that I'm trying to figure out who the heck this is. And neither of the other two people in there with me has paid any attention to this guy. And we walk out of the elevator. And there's a bunch of people down outside the hotel with with uh, signs. And uh, I figure out it was Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, who was there with his band uh, Foxborough Hot Tubs, I believe, was some subsequent band that he had after Green Day or some side project or something. So, yes, it was Billy Joe Armstrong. He is a tiny little dude. So uh, so that was uh, that was my first elevator story. You can go ahead and uh, share yours if you have one. Um yeah, I, I had to rack my brain for one. Uh, this was actually at, at Ohio Stadium and involved a member of the Ohio State beat who has since left the beat. And you guys need to understand what goes on. We all we're all up in the press box and, and we have to head down to the floor to the to the field at around the the five or six minute mark of the fourth quarter, and it's 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 a mad rush. And and if you're a little bit late. They hold, there's two elevators up in the press box. They, they'll both take you down. If you're a little bit late, if you're like under the four minute mark or whatever, they hold one elevator and they won't let anybody use it because that's for the coaches. So the coaches can get down to the field and there can be line of, you know, 40 people waiting to get on these elevators. And 
after uh, towards the end of one game. So we are all the media is around, gathered around, and, and trying to get on these elevators, waiting for them. And you're just waiting and waiting. And a woman comes up, and she starts, you know, I guess warming her way in and trying to get towards the front of the line. And she says something about she, you know, she'll need to get on the elevator. And this person on formerly on the beat says something to the effect of, "Yeah, right, lady. You know, who do you think you are? You, you know, you're misimportant. You're not getting on this elevator." Uh, turns out that was Gene Smith's wife, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and Gene Smith was you know coming <laughs> right around the corner, and so it was um, a little, little awkward, a little um, you know, cringe-inducing, uh, somewhat entertaining, based on who it happened to, I guess you know because it, it was funny to see the reaction, but um, that was I guess it wasn't an elevator story because there we weren't on the elevator. Another one would be uh, the one of the Wisconsin games may have been the 2011 game going down the elevator with John Cooper and Barry Alvarez at the same time. And they're just, you know, Barry Alvarez is always fun to be around. Coop can can be fun to be around, too, as 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 long as the game is going on. But I I only get on the elevators, Tom, uh, at uh, Ohio Stadium. (laughs) I was uh, probably I mean, this is probably 10, 12 years ago now at this point. Uh, I was working in New York. Uh, you know, based in Columbus, but traveling to New York for work quite a bit and uh, was doing some work in the News Corporation building on uh, 6th Avenue in New York. And that is the, the the building where all of Rupert Murdoch's news properties are based. So you know, news, you know, the New York Post and Fox Business and Fox News and all that stuff. That's all based in that build, building. So I was coming down in the elevator at the end of the day one day. Only person in the elevator might have been a Friday, Thursday or Friday afternoon, uh, about ready to head home. And uh, I'm standing in the elevator stops on the floor. The doors open and two people walk in. It is former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee and comedian Jeff Foxworthy. And it was just like, well, this is a joke. I don't know what the punchline is, but if you might be a redneck, it is definitely part of the punchline. It's like, so I so you're in an elevator with Mike Huckabee and Jeff Foxworthy. And then you might be a redneck. I don't know. But it was just like this is this is a joke. And it was before like it was you know, subtle selfies or something were a thing. So it was just like, you're just going to have to take my word for it. But it was just like, wow, I wish someone else was here to see this. Cause I, I don't even know what to do with all this information right now. You know, it'd have been funny if once you see them, like hit the first floor button, be like, get her down. <laughs> I think, I think that was Larry, the cable guy and not oh. Jeff Foxworthy. Well then uh, when unless, they look back unless at that you, was Mike, unless that was Mike Huckabee's, Mike Huckabee's tagline too. I'm not sure. Like if Foxworthy, you know, looks back at you, gives you a dirty look, be like, here's my sign. <laughs> then he'd be really mad at you that you know so much about blue collar comedy, but mm-hmm. apparently don't know anything about Jeff Foxworthy. All right. Uh, next one from at Broadway Nelson. How many sports channels were Buckeye football games beyond? So, you know, so the Gable bill is higher and OSU TV rights rack and ever more cash cable channels. It's on now ESPN, BTN and Fox Sports. We've seen them on CBS Sports Network for Navy in 2014, but I don't expect that to be the case anymore because they're not going to be playing on the road at an AAC opponent anytime soon. So I don't think anything is going to change. ESPN, Big Ten Network, Fox, that's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, ABC. What else um, is left? I mean, ESPN and ABC are all the same. Fox and FS1, BTN, it's like all... I don't know that there's anybody else unless uh, they have, I mean, they... CBS for an SEC game. They've got a road game coming up uh, at Notre Dame in, is that next NBC. year or two years? Yeah. So they'll, two they'll years. be at NBC for that one. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got 
some games in uh, Alabama and uh, uh, Georgia coming up in like 10 years. So those are possibly CBS games, although it sounds ESPN like be... ESPN's buying those rights because uh, CBS has been like criminally underpaying the SEC for those games for a million years. I think they're paying $55 million a year for the best SEC game every week, which is just like, oh, man. That is, I mean, literally stealing money from the SEC, which is kind of well, hilarious. And that was that was the SEC's fault for taking a partial payment in money and then also partial payment in boiled peanuts. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it's not much money, but wait till you hear what Gary Danielson says about your teams. All True. worth it. All worth it. He's got a whiteboard. He does. Uh, next one from at underscore retro bud. Rank these quarterbacks. Ewers, Lawrence, Arch Manning. Well, does Arch Manning even have blonde hair? That's a question. That's that is a real question. And I feel like the answer is no. I don't know that I've seen in Manning with blonde hair. So and it's it's just like I think it's just a sandy brown and it's short. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. he's third. Yeah. And then, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I guess you have to give him number one because we we know more about him and he has actually played college football. So I think you gotta go Lawrence, Ewers, Manning even though I don't know exactly what we're ranking on. Yeah, I haven't actually seen Lawrence. I haven't seen Arch Manning throw football at all. I haven't seen Quinn Ewers throw football in person. And uh, Trevor Lawrence lost the last game I see him, saw him play oh. in person by uh, 21 points. So, uh, I, you know, I, maybe, maybe Braxton Miller or Joe Bowserman is better than all of them. Your thoughts? That's, that's a good point. Um, you know, Michael Penix almost beat them. It's true. That's so, true. Uh, Trace McSorley. Mm. Mm. Unless we're ranking by height, in which case, no. True. Uh, last one from at Ben Zimmer, 23-23. It seems like a lot of effort is put into creating a cohesive locker room and getting everyone to buy in. In the, Im- in the imminent NIL era of college football, has anyone put any thought into na- uh, ch- challenge, uh, challenges like major differences in endorsement income? These athletes are human and teenagers. Some will be making a lot more money than others. It seems like keeping egos in check and helping everyone focused, keeping everyone focused on a common goal, such as reading this question without stumbling through it a thousand times, could possibly be more of a challenge. Tony, would you like to make sense of the uh, word salad? I have just a a dog's breakfast is, I believe, what I just made of that question. I'm just I'm I'm reading it and thinking, you know what I need to do is just one of these questions, just throw it, just make it really not English and then have Tom try to piece it into english as he's reading it and stumble all over it and uh, i would just i would just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh I, i'm trying to read two words ahead so i can kind of figure out what's coming because there was there was put any thought into now challenges like major differences and i was like wait it took me a second to figure out new challenges i think is what he meant to say there how challenges uh, yeah. or how challenges see i think new, I, I think new challenges like major door and differences in endorsement income anyway proofread your questions before you send them in we love you thank you i, I could have um, also um edited it while i put it on here yeah well i mean listen if you're if you're counting on tony to make something better like <laughs> we have how many episodes of this podcast that prove that's probably not going to happen i mean come yeah, on that's, that's your own fault so I, I mean this is i understand the question and i think that it's possible that you will have some of those issues but also you have professional locker rooms everywhere which are made up of in many cases not significantly older people than this where you have the quarterback who's making $20 million a year and you have the guys who are at the very bottom of the pile who are making 
you know, league minimum or taxi squad guys below that. You have, you know, guys who are on major league teams. You've got Trevor Bauer making 40 something million dollars a year. And you've got a major, you know, a guy who's making, uh, you know, 1% of that or 2% of that, on, you know, on a, on a deal or guys who are just coming up from the minors and going right back down. I mean, this is not a new dynamic in sports. There have been, you know, for a number of years, the coaches are making all of the money in college football and the players are making none of the money. And somehow they're all kind of coming together to be cohesive for that. I get it. Like, I understand the question. And I think there absolutely will be programs where you have like major issues where, you know, you have guys who just don't handle stardom and fame well. And you have had those guys at Ohio State in the past. That is a thing that has happened. I don't know. I mean, Ohio State is a school that prioritizes, you know, makeup and, uh, you know, high character kids and all that kind of stuff in a way that you just you really don't that you have not traditionally seen. Like I, I covered the end of the John Cooper era and the type of human beings that are being recruited by Ohio State right now is a little bit different than some of the folks that run some of those teams. It's just I, I think it's less of a concern to me than it probably would be for some other programs based on that. And just based on the fact that, I mean, this is not a brand new dynamic. Like you go to a company and there are, you know, there are people, your boss is making more money than you are. That is a thing that happens at every company in America. You know that, you know, every sports team in America that is a professional team, there are some people, minor league teams, the first round draft pick got a $2 million bonus. You got a $20,000 bonus. You're on the same team. I mean, this is just, this is just kind of how it is. And, you know, maybe, maybe the first round pick is taking uh, you know, we, we, we see running backs taking offensive linemen out to lunch or dinner all that time after, you know, a big season or whatever, you know, maybe you're doing that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe the quarterback is taking the offensive line out for lunch because the quarterback is making, uh, you know, $250,000 a year and the offensive line is making $25,000 out, whatever. There are ways to make that dynamic work. It has been made work in every locker room you know, in the past, except, you know, when it, when it doesn't work, it's generally a like complete cultural breakdown. We haven't seen the complete cultural breakdown from Ohio state football in quite a while. So I I would, I would continue to bet against that just for that reason. Yeah. I think Ohio state will continue to recruit the same type of players. They are same type of people. They are who then can handle that sort of thing. But every college locker room forever has had different socioeconomic levels to them and i mentioned this on the board a a week or two ago like you have some players whose dad can come pick them up in a jet tomorrow and you have others who send some of their scholarship money home to their parents to pay the bills and yet the locker rooms as far as we know are cohesive and a lot of that is because of what goes on during the winter and during the summer with coach mickey marati and these players work together and they align in groups and even within the groups, there's different backgrounds and different levels of what your parents make. And so there's, there's some of that where you would think there'd be jealousy, but maybe there isn't, or they're able to get through it. Uh, This, I do think there are going to be some issues, but I also think that we have seen that things will go on and cohesion will happen. And if it's a situation where a player is acting like a complete jerk, that's going to show up in everything that's going to show up in practice that's going to show up in leadership uh you know the quarterback can't be like that because you know he needs to lead the team and the team's not going to follow him if he's a complete you know just a 
bad guy because he's everything's gone to his head. So there are some issues you'll have to keep an eye out. But if you continue to recruit the right people, that makes those things a lot less likely to happen. Now I can, like, I, I'm just imagining what University of Miami is going to be like, or what what it would have been like. 30 years ago, 25 years ago. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's good that it's happening now as opposed to back then. I, I don't know, but there there's always going to be issues in a locker room that can be squashed, but this is going to be a new one and there's going to be time put into um, trying to eliminate that. But I, you know that that's where all of the the work and the practice and you are you also have the common goal like you're there to play football and i don't know that you're there to uh, being able to uh, get endorsements is because of the football you know you, it, the endorsements don't bring the football it's the other way around and if, if you aren't serious about the football the endorsements are going to go away so the better you are the more you can sort of raise yourself and i think the the, the real issues come with playing time and lack of exposure, that sort of thing. But that's always been the case. Like transferring has always happened and it's only going to continue. Right. I mean, and, and it's not like all 85 guys on in any individual football team are all extremely the best friends and they all think the same thing and they all like the same thing and they all like the same kind of music and they all like to do the same thing and they all like to go to the same club and they all like to play the same. Like it, that's not how it works. It's just, you have different groups within your team you have guys who are friends with different people and, you know, different guys will hang out with different people. Not all 85 guys are roommates. That is not how it is. That's, that's just not how human dynamics work, but they do make a point to try and have guys hang out with other people. A lot of times you'll have during camp, you'll have a player from offense rooming with a player from defense. So you got, you do have guys kind of get to know each other and then you, you, you know, so it's not just the offensive guys hang out together and the defensive guys hang out together or the guys who are from, you know, urban areas don't hang out with the guys from the completely rural areas. I mean, you're going to hang out with people who are, you know, share common interests with you, but they do try to kind of bring guys together and and make it so that they all kind of know each other. They all, you know, are familiar with each other. They've all hung out at least a little bit. And, you know, you're not going to hang out with every, you know, the whole 85 guys every single minute. And especially over the last year when you probably haven't been able to hang out with anyone, but you know, that, that is just, I mean, this is just, one of these like interpersonal dynamic things. You are not best friends with every single person in your office at work. That is just not how it works. You have your friends, you have other people you work with. If you have to work with someone on a project, unless they are just like the world's biggest jerk, you can probably just get together and work together on the project and get your work done. And then that's fine. And then, and then you're done and you don't have to go hang out with them all weekend. Like, that's okay. Maybe you have a friend from work you do hang out with over the weekend. Like it's the same thing. Like people are kind of still the same. They're all kind of working on the same thing. And Sometimes the people you work with are making more money than you or less money than you. It's okay. You still work together. It's like that. That is a thing that happens. Yeah. I go back to uh, Jim Trestle when he would quiz the team on their teammates. Like they, he would give them like actual quizzes. Like where is AJ Tapraso from? Where did he play high school? That sort of thing. And Pickerington. <laughs> and for instance. And so like, that's just stuff that, you know, why would, why would Quinn Pitcock need to know that? because Jim Trestle thought it would be better for the, the team to know everybody and uh, know where everybody came from and pick one, pick one. Thank you. And although I'm just wondering, like if it's like how we were, or sorry, how I was in school when you have to like memorize the counties, like you just memorize it and get it done for that day. And then once you're done, it's like, 
the only county you need to know is the one you're in, like the one you live in. That's <laughs> what's next to you. Who knows? That's not my concern. And I wonder if that's like you just you cram for the for the, the, the hometown test, and then once it's done, like all you remember is, I think I'm from Pequa. If you're if you were Quinn Pitcock, the answer is correct. Good job. Or Brandon Sane. Thank you, Tom. Good one. That's the only two. Um, anything else before we get out of here? I, I thought that I thought we cleared these out pretty good. We still have more that we will do for a, a later episode. Um, yeah. Do I have anything else? I think we're good. So we'll uh, we will have be. I think we're hopefully we're done with our time traveling at least for now. But uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll do some more. It's kind of fun. A little tiring, but uh, kind of fun. <laughs> I see we have a question about time travel in the next show. So that'll be uh, that'll be oh, a fun one as well. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I, I look forward to that. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. If big time news has happened, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, the best way to experience that is at BuckeyeScoop.com on our Ask the Insiders message board. Uh, again, if you've not yet subscribed to us on YouTube, go to BuckeyeScoop.com, YouTube.com slash BuckeyeScoop. Click that subscription. Uh, click that bell and you'll get notified uh, generally on your phone or whatever when when we put up a show or put up a an interview or some highlights. Mark Givler is at the Elite 11 right now shooting as much video of Quinn Ewers as one human can shoot. And I'm telling him, you know, I need to cut up, cut up the sidearm throws, cut up the overhand throws, cut up the flipping your hair, any type of, you know, just as many different ways as you could do this. Get as much Quinn Ewers video because I want to see it. You guys want to see it. And there's going to be a bunch. And also CJ Hicks is out there. Uh, I think another commit. Oh, uh, uh, Deion Gray's is out there. So we've got some stuff coming from all of that to look forward to. Again, YouTube.com slash Buckeye Scoop. And we will talk to you guys later. <laughs>